Hi, I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Zach Luna. This year, Spider-Man finally joins the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Spider-Man Homecoming. But 15 years ago, the friendly neighborhood webhead hit the big screen for the first time ever. Introducing Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the Spider-Man movies one minute at a time. Starting with Sam Raimi's web-slinging debut, we discuss everything from genetically engineered super spiders to wall-crawling heroics. Join us as we navigate the great power and great responsibility behind every single minute of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Spider-Man Minute, available at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre Hi, everyone, and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we're watching the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie one minute at a time. Yeah, we, we are. are. Week nine. We are almost halfway through this film. Almost, but not quite. Uh, and this week, we are watching minutes 41 through 45. I am Scott Tofty. With me, as always, our co-host, Chris O'Connor. Ho! Rachel Gatlin. Hello! And Adam Sheehan. Hi! And this week we have the privilege of being joined uh, from the Real Comics Heroes show, Mr. Travis Bow. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Hi Travis. Welcome to welcome to our little room. Welcome Thanks for joining universe. us. Yeah, my pleasure. We are happy to have you. I was very excited because I looked at our. We keep a running Google uh, Notes document for all of our collective hosts to uh, chime in on. <laughs> and not to and throw I, some I, of the others under the bus, but you put down way more notes you, than them. You did your homework, dude. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, we've had some. We've had some pretty stellar guests with a lot of great stuff to say. But I think you articulated it in written form very well. Oh well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I probably was. So you've passed uh, the written. Oh, good, good. <laughs> Probably just, well, just trying to verbal. provide too much, you know, too many notes is, I don't know. Listen, there's no such thing as too many notes. Right on. No. This, is, if, this is a show that usually can and does go into the weirdest places with yeah. the loosest associations to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that you could possibly imagine. So right on. The more, get, the merrier. It gets, it gets dark. <laughs> yes it can, it can. occasionally it can. get dark can and will wait minute 12 would he have heard our story about casey jones's like backstory yes okay oh, <laughs> excellent that made me um, sad after i told yeah. it yeah yeah i gave my i gave well, my little baby boy a hug Aww. <laughs> well we'll hopefully won't get that dark this minute although it's possible we got some dark stuff happening in this minute dead dad uh, or this this week we're getting beat up is yeah. he? Is he? <laughs> Motive no. finishes that sentence in movies. Well, man. hey, hang on. We're not even into the minute yet, guys. Hold your horses. Yeah. Let's talk to our guest host. So, Travis, yeah. uh, we usually like to ask our guests a few sort of preliminary questions. So, we're, we're going to do the same for you. Where did you first encounter Ninja Turtles in your life? Um, I based on like listening to the you know some of your episodes, I I feel like it's a very similar story to most of you. I was born in '83, so I can't really exactly. I I have no memory of my first Turtles experience. Um, I think I was aware of the cartoon before seeing the movie in theater, but I did see it in theater for the first time. Excellent. Um, and I think like. You know, as a kid, I think this would have replaced He-Man as far as, you know, my <laughs> obsession. And so, with good reason. Yeah. Um, and then once this was on VHS, 
I basically watched it every day. Um, now, are I you would, another one of those guys that got the VHS from the Burger King Kids Club? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I think it was just you know retail, but I would watch okay. the first half of the movie until my dad would get home, and then the next day I would watch the second half. So I would do this every you know. So basically, watching the movie every other day, essentially, and this went on for, I mean. Looking back at it now, I can't imagine that it went on for like three months, but it feels wow. like it went on for a long time. At the time, so, it was definitely yeah. a larger percentage of your life than it is now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, and this is without a doubt the movie I've seen more in my lifetime or more in my life than any other movie. So, Excellent. Yeah. So um, that's kind of my history with the movie and just it's always been one of my favorites and <laughs> – it uh, really touched my my heart when you guys talked about the Pizza Hut commercial in the beginning and the FHE yes. the FHE logo. Like I thought I was the only uh, one that you know like remembered that fuzzy stuff. memories. Oh, we all get the warm fuzzies for that yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's like right in the member berries. <laughs> nice. Remember um, Pizza so- Hut? Remember? <laughs> Travis, one of the things we're going to ask you, and I don't want you to answer this now. I want you to take the week and think about it is okay. uh, what your favorite quote from this movie is. And it doesn't have to be from this specific week, but keep that in the back of your mind as we move forward here. We okay. want to know what you think the best line in the movie is. But for now, let's get into minute number 41. Minute 41 from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which starts with April O'Neil finishing her briefing on her news report that just wrapped up not too long ago and ends with Raphael taking a quick break in his fight against the Foot Clan in order for to wisecrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's dive Always a good right plan. into it. Dive right in. Um, I, I want everyone to take note when you're watching this minute. It's it's sort of the the tail end of April, you know, saying, "Oh, we're gonna rerun the interview at five and at six or whatever, and we're gonna Which, hope that it leads to more stuff." I want you to just notice how quiet this is, mm-hmm. and how how sort of. Low volume, the dialogue is. There's nothing happening in the background. Yes. Ooh, Chris. Very <laughs> nice. A, I the did lighting band. is also really, really soft. Like it's almost like yeah. uh, like a soap opera lighting scheme. It's very tungsten, very soft edges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're looking through the window of like with a sheer curtain almost. It's yeah, yeah. Hazy. And it's dust. It's dusty in that apartment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like she doesn't dusty clean enough very to bring well. tears. <laughs> I mean, it definitely makes sense that she lives above an antique store because this does just feel like I'm looking into an attic right now, mm-hmm. yeah. like dusty old attic with New York City, you know, air pollution also playing a factor. Delicious. But it's like an attic above an attic. Yeah. Are we <laughs> noticing on April O'Neil's coat rack, there's like a straw beach hat, like <laughs> a ridiculous straw beach hat just casually hanging on her coat rack? I didn't notice, but nice. that makes huh. perfect sense. Yeah. It does make perfect sense. Why? Because, you know, that's what she'd wear at the beach. Because she goes up to the roof. She's a ginger. She's afraid of the sun. Right. Okay, I see. I just thought it was a a really remarkably ridiculous hat. If my brother, if my redheaded brother spends too much time out in the the daylight, he turns into like a a microwaved potato. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she she also has a house out in the country that we have yet to really know about. So it could be foreshadowing. Farming hat, yeah. (laughs) Um, I do like how sort of meek and timid Leonardo is during all of this. He's mm-hmm. so polite. He's and very yeah. supplicating. So sort of, yeah. 
It's like, do you have any information? Like, is there anything we could possibly do? I mean, like, I he almost doesn't want to annoy her. Like, he knows that he's asked. Thanks her for too many taking times. us in. <laughs> I'm a good guest. I, I think yes, he's I also am. possibly disappointed because he wanted validation for his side of the argument he had with Raph just a second ago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's true. He might be feeling guilty about that. Well, and it's also he's the pretty much the field leader, you know, but this is the first time I think that he's actually the leader when Splinter is not around. So I think it's he, he feel probably feels like, you know, a lot of pressure and a lot of not guilt necessarily, but maybe a lack of confidence. It feels yeah. more real. Is that what it could be? Interesting. Um, I do like the shot when April turns around. And, Where's Raphael? And, yeah. <laughs> Where'd he go? Where did, where did my hero go? Not that I'm, you know, interested. <laughs> Not that I'm asking about him or anything. I'm just, you know. Like she, she like has that sort of open she's got that sort of open mouth turn around, like anticipating saying something. She's like, ah. And then thinks better of it and then decides to say it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's Raphael? What did he look like when I said his name on TV? Was he embarrassed? <laughs> did, did he, he turn throw red aside or at anybody? <laughs> oh, God. Did he almost castrate your brother? <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason I wanted everyone to pay attention to how quiet the scene was up until this point is because right after she asks that question, we get the cymbal crash and the guitar hit and the clanging of sighs. And, louder. Uh-huh. and yeah. visually it brightens up and, you know, auditorily speaking, sonically speaking, it gets much louder. The whole Audibly. scene just like it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't crescendo. It just like it explodes with sound into your eardrums. I took note of a few of the sounds that, I mean, they're just part of my, you know, they're locked in my brain forever from this movie. And it's the, <laughs> that electric guitar at the start of the fight. Um, and it, there are, you know, a bunch of those same electric guitar riffs throughout this fight, but then it, it's especially the, that plink plink sound of the sigh as mm-hmm. they get tossed over the side like that, you know, that noise is just. Don't yeah. let me forget. I want to talk about the sigh in a second. Rachel, okay. don't let me forget about that. Okay. 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 Cause I know you have something to say, yep. um, but I wanted to talk about real quick the the beginning this this marks the beginning of a really interesting sequence of edits over yeah. the next few minutes that we're going to see and they're all very sudden edits and they're all really like the music that goes with the cuts is also very jarring and uh it it really helps to put you in the the fight with Raphael mm-hmm. you almost feel like you're being beaten up as a viewer in in these moments yeah um and it's good juxtaposition because, like, the rest of the gang is like getting a tour, just of, hanging out, they're, having they're fun, yeah. cartoons, this nice living quiet the soap attic opera life, below another attic, and yeah, dealing mm. with thirsty April. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the foot soldier tosses Raph size over the end, and so I want to fast forward a little bit, or oh, oh, he tosses him over the roof. I want to fast forward a little bit while we talk about this. Okay, so. Raphael loses the size here, but doesn't he have them when they're on the farm? Am yeah. I wrong in remembering that? No. Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, he only threw them over the edge of the building that they were already living in. I th- right, think, but yeah, they but take an escape vehicle. 
Oh, out. that's right. Mm. They they leave they'd in a hurry. To, they'd have to go around the whole thing and be like, "Where are those silly stuff?" <laughs> Quick, gotta find those. Which <laughs> brings me by next question. Like this whole movie, the only reason that they even met April is because he's like, "I lost my sight," and you're yeah. telling right? me that they've got a whole stash of extras somewhere that they're, <laughs> that they're carrying with them somewhere. Maybe, that, Maybe like, they, April they just have to have it the with farm. them. Maybe. Those shells are good for something. Do you think she has reason, them at the I, farm? I, I think I either. <laughs> I don't know if I ever read like a novelization or or something. Uh, it's locked into my head that Casey Jones has the sigh. Oh, like he found him. Because you know what? You know, oh. now that you mentioned that, Travis, that might be from uh, either a novelization or a, a, a comic book or a children's book. Yeah, I think it's uh, a, like a version kids of version. Story. Yeah, for some reason, or maybe it was. I don't know if it's a deleted scene. I don't think there are too many deleted scenes on the DVD, but I, I just somehow I remember that being the case is that it was a uh, Casey Jones picked them up, you know, before that makes sense. Yeah. I seem to recall when I was younger, I had like, it's like a kid's book version of this movie and it was all drawn with like the cartoon character versions of yeah. the turtles, but it told this story. And in that book, it explained why the bandanas were on backwards in the farmhouse scene. Right. And oh my I God, feel like I had the it might have thing. I, I, when we do our merch Mondays on the Facebook page, I'm going to see if I can find that and I'll take some pictures of it. So you but, just like unlocked a hidden memory in my brain. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what Travis <laughs> just oh did for God, me. I'm like, man. now that he says that, that to me, like I, I can definitely recall that now. Whoa. Well, off topic, but Chris just mentioned that they might hide things in their shell. <laughs> I had a toy growing up, and I forget ah. the name of it, but it was a baby turtle. Oh, my, and it transformed. No, oh, yeah. it didn't transform, but you could keep things in its shell, like it had a bottle and an extra diaper for oh. some reason. Oh, this was Adam, a, you're um, thinking about the Ninja Turtle toy that transforms from baby turtle into Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, this was just like a little baby turtle, and you could and take its shell off. It was like a little backpack. They also <laughs> had the Ninja Turtle toys where the shells were actually storage. Yeah. yeah, and like you could or like, like those little sort of Mighty Max like action scenes. You open it up and it has like the little <laughs> oh, tiny mini figure, right. figurines, the ones that are like super choking hazards. Oh man, I forgot all about <laughs> yeah, that. How did this away with half siblings? Shit like that? Uh, we were old enough. We were old enough that they trusted us not to swallow things. They were called turtle tots. <laughs> that is that's not really, a thing I ever think I had. They were really really cute. Tur- turtle tots were unassociated with Ninja Turtles, right? No, that's, no, no. But they were. That was just a girl thing. Yeah. I mean, oh, those were girl toys. Whoever was interested girl in that. toys. Gender they were, toys. They were in the pink aisle. They were. Oh, the pink ghetto. We'll put, we'll put a link to Turtle Tots and maybe yeah. some of these other I'll action figures. In the, in someone else will remember show. them. Somebody else who was forced to be April or Irma. Well, I'm, I'm also remembering <laughs> that I wanted one before I had vocabulary. So I was <laughs> trying to explain to my mom, I want this thing. But I didn't know how to say that I wanted Aww. this thing. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's an early memory. So let's let's zip back into the minute here. We get the size tossed over the side of the building. Um I there's there's something about the use of like the slow motion in that shot. Like it's unnecessary, but it totally works as he yeah. tosses the size over. And Not that you were gonna cool. use these in the fight anyway, but here we're dramatically throwing them away. But but yeah. it also like almost sets up a plot device that they just never cut back to. Never like pays make, off. Yeah, it's like he's throwing away his size. Kids remember that he's throwing away the size. Check but then, off like, cast never, away size. 
it never becomes an issue. <laughs> That's really interesting. I wonder if they filmed the Casey Jones scene where they he picked up the size and then cut it like like late into the like into there's the a, edit. Like there's a really yeah. touching moment where Casey Jones finds them and picks them up and realizes these are my friends. When we get Casey I Jones, I think I don't even think we get Casey Jones till next week. But when we get him, we're gonna have to watch and see if he's got them anywhere on him visibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never looked for that. Um, but then we get this cool overhead shot of Raphael fighting. And correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first real like fight scene that we see a turtle in, like full bodied Ninja Turtle fighting? the subway the subway had some fighting but this is the sort of best view this is daylight mm-hmm. and it's a wider shot and uh you know they're they're going at it so yeah, yeah well, i, I mean, guess that's, this is the that's, first, that's like, kind of what i mean is it's the first like undisguised like daylight full-on like fight, choreographed fight. fight scene where you can see everything that's happening yeah. well, and we're only 40 minutes in right. <laughs> it's impressive though yeah yeah well, I mean, um, there was that fight with Casey, which was kind of almost... Yeah, that was good. But it was really dark. Yeah. It was dark, and it's also... It wasn't very ninja-y. This is like... Yeah, it was, it was a little silly. A little, little uh, New York, like, uh, guys in a park. This is yeah. like the yeah. fight scene that you, you want from the Ninja Turtles. It's just like butt-kicking foot soldier fight scene. They're like, yeah. come on, I want some karate. Give me some karate <laughs> yes. in this movie. Oh, my God. Buddy. John Travolta. <laughs> Thanks. Oh my god. Oh my god. That, I need some karate. John Travolta, is this but... the second time we've brought up John Travolta on this show? I in relation probably. to this movie, I'm. I'm. You know, I think we have because he's very. Uh, is that New York just and the how time. Adam says, "Oh my god!" Because if no. that's the case, then <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. Probably yes, we have before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we we've brought it up before. Uh, um, <laughs> there's reckon wise. Th- I want to get into the the fight choreography a little bit, but there is something a little weird that I haven't quite figured out here. If you look at like 26, 27 seconds into this minute, uh, it's when Raph does the back kick and then the front kick. Or act, well, it's I guess front it's and then back. back. That's yeah. that's like he a elbows <sighs> and then he kicks front. But there's like a yeah. strap hanging off of his hips. Is it his, did his belt break? Does anyone else see that? Hmm. There's it almost looks like a suspender that he's pulled down oh, off of his shoulder yeah. that is flailing off of his legs. His pants are falling down. <laughs> I guess. His turtle I pants can, are falling down. I can only assume it's it is. It's his belt. His belt fell down. Yeah. If you that look happens at shell, a lot. If you look at his shell, there's no belt on the shell. Whoops. Mm. Poor Raphael <laughs> losing his pants. All the things that we discover here watching by minute. Mm-hmm. I also love this roof set because it's like yeah. If you don't think about it, it looks like a real on-location roof set. But then the second you even start to think about it, you're like, "Wow, this is <laughs> this building is doesn't make any set. sense." Is, yeah. <laughs> okay, so did they do this on on a soundstage? Then That's this what it is looks one like. of the soundstage okay. shots. So, so okay. the shot there's a there's a few location shots in this movie, not many. Yeah. Um, the one where we have the long shot looking at Raphael, like doing his kata on the roof yeah. when Casey's looking through the binoculars, yeah. that's a location shot. But all this tight stuff here on the roof yeah. is all soundstage. Just like at the end of the okay. movie when they're on the roof with Shredder, you can yeah. tell yeah, there's, it's all there's no reason too. to. There's no reason to, considering the way it's shot, there's no reason to risk like having yeah. a fight scene on a roof. Yeah. yeah, I guess there's never an angle where you're seeing sky. So, I, yeah, right. that hadn't hadn't occurred to me that that I mean, it's just until, much safer until a few and cheaper years to do ago, it on stage. 
Yeah, until a few years ago, I never realized how much of it was even shot like in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I just I think yeah. I assumed that well it's set in New York, so all the city stuff is New York and then the farmhouse is North Carolina. Um, yeah. So No, but, they do uh, a really good job of sort of creating their own version of New York City. I think yeah. we mentioned it a, a couple weeks ago about how they sort of have this really grimy version of New York that they've built here, even perhaps more grimy than it actually was in 1990. Yeah. They've also done a really good job with things like backdrops and rear projection, too. Mm-hmm. Like um, like uh, when they were looking at the moon early on. And there's a lot of really cool uh, backdrops coming up, I think, either in this minute or the next. There's a bunch of good ones coming up here. We'll we'll move along. We cut back to the inside, and we see the her uh, the dynamic apartment. <laughs> Adam, what's the show they're watching again on TV? Uh, it's Rocky and Bullwinkle. It's the that's uh, right. Yeah, uh, like the interstitials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Donna Tangelo, our our <laughs> bros there, cartoons. still watching cartoons together. As April's like, well, I guess we'll take you guys on a tour of the antique store now. Because that's what teenage boys are into. She says that like your mom's like, hey, you guys want to get some ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> you guys want to try cigarettes? <laughs> well, I think she's also trying. She knows that Leonardo is dejected. You know, yeah. So yeah. it's probably Mopey. just the way if she can get Michelangelo and Donatello excited about it, then maybe he'll kind of fall in line and, and maybe cheer, cheer up, up a, a little, little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's she's be, she's doing super group mom stuff. Yeah. yeah. Let's make everybody feel included. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, one thing that ahead, I, I noticed, like, uh, when, you know, as they're like all surrounding him slowly, it's a thing that you you certainly didn't notice in VHS, but like on the, blu- the Blu-ray, like high def, like transfer, you can very clearly see that all of their swords are as blunt. They're just blunt aluminum bars. <laughs> there's, oh, there's, yeah. no, there's no edge of any kind. There's, they're not even remotely beveled. It's just a, it's just a slab of metal. Travis, have you ever? Are there parts of this movie where you've like had to discover in your adulthood what the dialogue actually is? Like misheard things from your childhood. Yes, that- a lot of these yeah moments. And, and like I, I think I think uh, sorry, like I said before, I think you started recording that I'm in like eleven or twelve episodes in, and and you guys have opened up a few things that it's like oh okay you know um, I never understood that Casey Jones was calling those punks at the beginning purse grabbing pukes. Is that what it oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cur, like as in like a slang for a for a dog. Like a cur. I thought he called them cur scrubbing. Nineteenth century pukes. gentleman Casey Jones. <laughs> yeah. Because I say I'll hand that woman's hand back. I like how that's what you thought as a kid. It was like some weird old oh, Shakespeare. Up until yesterday. <laughs> Glad we could disabuse you of that notion, sir. Well, I, I thought she said untimely bells I ring and, instead of unsightly bathtub rings. Oh, I mean, yeah, that, that took me a long time to to figure yeah. out, yeah. Well, this one, he says, you guys must be studying the uh, bridge booking and ninja fighting. And for the longest <laughs> time, like, my parents used to play the card game Bridge. Right. Yeah. So I thought he was saying the uh, comma, bridge book of ninja fighting. And I'm like, what? that doesn't... Like I, it just it never sense. made sense to me, and I had right. no clue. And then I feel like I was in English class one day, and I saw a book that was like the unabridged, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And I was like, 
Oh, that's mm-hmm. what he says in Ninja Turtles. Like it was a total like I wasn't even watching the movie when I finally got that connection. Yeah, mm. that's happened the to me a lot. Just with book yeah. of ninja fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Once you start to learn, you know, new words, it's like you start to see, you know, things from your childhood. You know, things like this that you revisit. You know, one of the other shows that I do, we recently started talking about. You know, the best movies and the best TV shows give the audience credit for being intelligent. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like this movie did a really good job of that. Like they knew they were making a Ninja Turtles movie. They knew the core audience was going to be like seven year olds. Yet they still kept the dialogue mature enough and the story sort of grounded and real enough to appeal to older people. I think it's why we're still able to watch this movie and enjoy it so much more than the sequels, even. Yeah, I agree. Because this one gives the audience credit for not being. I am super not looking forward to seeing TMNT3 again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I so I rewatched the movie uh, last night just to, in prep, and forgive me for you know jumping ahead, but exactly like what you were talking about, you know, Splinter uses the word surrogate later, like as mm-hmm. as far as you know your sur- surrogate family, and that is not a word that I would have understood as a kid. And I don't even know <laughs> no. that uh, that Danny understands it later. And, yeah. You know, but, we have established so Danny's only, a little uh, bit um, not a, not a good student. Sure. Yeah, the only education he's getting is like ripping off car stereos and Sid Vicious's solo career. <laughs> and stealing Walkmans. Um, so, you know, I mentioned that this is sort of the first like full body shot of a turtle in the suit, like fighting. We get to yeah. second 42 here, and this is obviously now we're at a big matte painting, like an obvious matte painting background in this shot. But mm-hmm. the suit in action... Like, it looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. did like, well. It had to be really difficult to to nail, and, like, the movement in that big, bulky, like, your arms can't go down to your sides thing. I think and, that's what I appreciate most about this is how how much they, with a scene like this where you've got this bright green turtle in the middle of a rooftop fight with real people in, you know, in essentially black outfits – um, like how much they trust the the visuals and you know they the work that has gone into the costuming you know they it's I think a lesser movie would have just stuck with close up shots and quick edits, um, not let it just you know not not yeah, let not you let take your, in the entire scene and and not let your eyes focus on anything right. Yeah. Yeah. This you just get the full you know fights and obviously there are cuts to. They change angle, you know, to show someone, you know, the impact of a, a fist or a kick, but they sort of strategically keep the cam- especially in this particular fight scene, because it's outdoors, they strategically keep the camera far enough away that you never really can tell that the the stunt head is on the suit, like the non animatronic head. Everything looks super fluid, everything looks very natural. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was gonna ask about that and, and as far as the it, it was this a stunt head and how did yeah. they how was he you know, able to see what he was doing? But that makes a lot of sense. That Adam, you want to field that one? Oh, the stunt head? Well, yeah. we get a great stunt head uh, later on this week with uh, Michelangelo's nunchucking. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, yeah. so we, we get like stunt a real head. good close-up oh, look of a stunt head. Uh, <laughs> All right, anyway. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you got to think, think with the animatronic heads, there's like probably 50 feet of cabling connected to him. You can't really do a wide shot. That's why a, a lot of the stuff with, with them fully animated 
we don't really see a whole lot of their whole body. We don't really see a whole lot of their bodies at all, really. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Raph's shell is like being like the the belt is going around the shell in such a way that it's like sticking out of either end. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Like it's very yeah. clearly giant. Like you would think they would have made the shells out of something a little sturdier. Yeah, yeah. They look kind of squishy. Oh yeah. Well, it's probably the only way they could move in the thing. Yeah. I feel like I that's probably more for the stunt suit than for the other suits now, yeah. because that has to be like that shell. It was that's where a lot of the servos and the stuff were kept for the animatronics, I believe. So like the, in, the hero the shot pack. suit might be a little harder than the, uh, yeah. the stunt suit. I think mm. I think the stunt suits have probably thinner foam rubber, and the shell is. I mean, the shell even looks flatter. It's not as rounded, and I think yeah. it's just a softer shell, so they can move around more. Soft shelled tortoise. Yes. <laughs> But the, like, like you mentioned earlier, Travis, like I, I always like going back and watching these older action movies because they do kind of lean back a little bit and let you actually watch with with oh yeah uh, action movies now. Yeah. I find myself unable to actually see anything. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like everything's moving so fast. Everything's cutting so fast. Like my eyes can't adjust to the action on the screen. It's like, I, I think it's the, uh, the Batman begins effect where they feel like they've got to go, go in tight to make you think you're in that fight. You know, that was kind give of it more Christopher impact. Nolan's, uh, it's the Batman begins. Also, style excuse, of fight choreography. You know? yeah, also, yeah. also something that that helps you do is when you have an actor who's not necessarily adept at stunt fighting, right. you can keep the, you can keep the actor in there and they've only got to memorize two or three steps instead of, you know, eight to 10 steps. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure of the answer to this question. Maybe you guys know, and maybe our audience knows, did they use one stunt fighter for each turtle like did each stuntman have a turtle that they were assigned to to like create sort of different styles like i know ernie reyes jr i was always under the impression that he was the the donatello stunt fighter but yeah, did they that's what the credits say yeah yeah so there's i never or did really... they rotate around i wonder i'd have to I mean, we'd have to wait till we get to the credits to probably i, I, I haven't that, uh it, it's that's not something that i had really considered but i'd never kind of perceived uh apart from you know the weapons that they have i'd never really perceived like distinct styles between the four of them no um, um, i mean I'm, i'll pay more attention to that now that you've brought it up but i kind of i don't think it's there like uh in this fight choreography here like a lot of a lot of what he's doing is very rote like 1980s 1990s american karate taekwondo like you know roundhouse to back kick uh roundhouse you know front kick spinning crescent kick spinning hook kick um you know the 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 point fighting punches and kicks that that were were big in chuck norris karate um and uh, a, a lot of that stuff like um i mean it was good at the time and it's certainly great that they could do it in the suit but like as far as choreography goes it's kind of bland by today's standards i liked I really liked the stuff where he's like cartwheeling and rolling and like he bounces off the walls and like the couple of instances where he like does a headbutt and in this particular like minute there's not much of it but using anytime they use the shell anytime they take advantage of the fact that they're not human beings it's like uh, in their fighting I, I yeah. like that yeah it's 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 a thing it's like you know there are only so many good ways for humans to fight we've got two two arms two legs and a head and we have to we can only move in certain ways so like the most effective ways of fighting you know there it's kind of we're narrowing it down and there are some things that just don't make sense to do but if you're a turtle and your body is like like this giant shell thing that you can pull your bits back into you get there's, there's there are opportunity there are opportunities there for a clever choreographer to create something that 
human characters can't do. And yeah. every once in a while in this movie, they do it. But I, I still kind of feel like, like, eh, you know, there, there's more that could have been done with it. And yeah, Adam, isn't it, isn't it just totally nice of the Foot Clan to just attack one at a time also? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, always, I always thought that was great, even as a kid. It's like, they're, they, they had... They have the numbers on him. It's like 30 to 1, but they're yeah. still going to fight him one at a time. <laughs> you, it's like he can beat any one of you guys. Uh, like we've you, can't even, you can't even bet on that in video games. Like I pointed out, like when you're playing a Zelda game, one guy is like coming to fight you and three others are like, I'm going to stab you in the butt. Like, yeah. no, I'm fighting this one. Go away. But in the, in the Turtles game, though, to be fair, the Turtles arcade game, they totally came at you like one or two at a time. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, it's just always funny to me that like a bunch of ninjas will just stand in the background and watch one of their guys fight one of the bad guys. It's yeah. like, come on. It's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like they all yeah, just like- take turns. Yeah, chore- choreographing like multiple opponents is hard. So basically, what happens with most fight choreography is it's like let's just make it a series of one on ones that gives the hero a chance to look super awesome. And frankly, we don't have to go nuts. Mm. Yeah, so I guess that's just lazy choreography then. A little bit. I would be remiss if I didn't mention the cartwheel kick that sends the foot soldier flying into the disgusting armchair on the roof. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. and then he takes a nap. Yeah, and and it. He does. He's out for a while. Yeah. Um, but it begs the question, did, is this like a shared roof? Is this just April's roof? And if so, does she actually sit in that chair on the roof? Uh, I'm thinking it's a shared roof, and that's the, where the super Yeah, it has to be. To, There's like more, I, I mean, more to the building than just her, her that chair shop. Just Have, for doing heroin in. Yeah. I was going to say, having a roof in New York City that you can hang out on is awesome. Well, yeah. April has to do something to keep her mind off the fact that she gave up her love child. That's true. <laughs> Not this again. No. <laughs> la, 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 la. Poor Danny. He's n- she's never hey, going to know. it got dark again. Go us. <laughs> um, but, like, that chair has got to be, like, it's, it has to have been there through rain, through snow. Like, that's got to be disgusting. Yep. Yeah. Rats poop in that thing. I'm sorry, you keep a metal uh, folding chair on your thing. roof. You don't leave like a, an upholstered armchair outside and sit in it. <laughs> bed bugs, bed bugs, come on. I don't think the turtles will mind. Well, the turtles wouldn't mind, but April yeah. and all the other tenants in that building probably That chair do. definitely has hepatitis and maybe even tuberculosis. A, B, C, maybe D. <laughs> Scabies, crabs, you mm. name it. Ugh. Not to um, mention mold and mildew. Yeah. <laughs> Party chair. Um, Travis, you you put an interesting point on your note that I wanted you to talk about. Oh, okay. uh, uh, the the Foot Clan is polite enough to let Raphael indulge in his insults, right? Um, at several times throughout this uh, encounter, could you could you elaborate on your thoughts on that for us? Sure. Yeah. Um, so to me, it, it just stands out like Raphael is like Spider Man in this way, like both using taunts and insults and wisecracking to throw your opponent off their their game or you know in this instance i think it it helps mask his fear because he knows that he's outnumbered and it's just a way for him to kind of reset and and prepare for that next uh, wave because he's not it, it, for the most part he doesn't even really take like a fighting stance as you know right. aside from just putting up like you know his arms to block. But for the most part, he's just throwing out 
those taunts. Even like as he's rolling across the roof, he's throwing out, you know, uh, like various taunts just to vocalizations and yeah, yeah. Um, this scene always made me feel like he like he's portrayed here much more in line with the '80s cartoon version of Raphael than he has yeah. been prior to this point in the movie. Like he was sort of brooding and surly and angry up until this point. And now we get like sarcastic Raphael, which is what kids were going to be familiar with going to see this movie is like wisecracking Raphael. We Rob finally Paulson. get him. Yeah. Yes. There's Rob also Paulson. a little bit of uh, overconfidence and, you know, I think that's part of what psychological to, warfare, maybe kind of. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Um, and then this minute ends on a cliffhanger uh, because Raphael doesn't even get to finish his wisecrack at the end, which is sad. We get, how do you guys expect to, and then we're, we're done. And then, it and then stops. we have to wait till the next minute. I um, love Raph's expression in that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, this is just a really cool minute. Visually, it's a fun minute to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, I have nothing left for this minute. Anyone else got anything they want to touch on? No, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. All okay. right. Well, that's minute 41 then. Uh, we did it. Yay. Cool. Yay. So um, I, I do want to thank Travis for, for coming on. You're going to be here all week. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Getting us all the way up to minute 45. Uh, once again, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Sure. Um, so my partner, Patrick, and I, we go through, uh, we started out going through just comic book movies, and we started with... Uh, Superman and the Mole Men from 1951, and we're going chronologically just to keep uh, keep everything kind of making sense as far as the order in which we do our movies. Uh, we didn't want to do, you know, the Iron Man movies and then jump over to Batman, and then they come out with another Iron Man movie, and then all of a sudden hmm. that throws off our, you know, our interesting series. So it was easier just to start with the beginning and work our way forward. Um, we've added other movie genres like all the James Bond movies. We've covered Ooh. Planet of the Apes. Um, we threw in Star Wars and Star Trek. So we've expanded beyond just comic book movies. But and are these just discussions about the movies? Uh, yeah, correct. We, we okay. it's a movie review podcast. So so if you're doing this all chronologically, how far in are you? Uh, so we started with, like I said, Superman and the Mole Men, and now we are in. We're about to do, see, as of this recording, Octopussy from 1983. Oh, nice. So we're in the the early 1983. So wait, does that mean you're going to get to a Ninja Turtles episode? Uh, In a few years. I mean, as far as. (laughs) Well, keep us in your Rolodex. Yeah, Yeah, I do. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. And and where do we get that? Um, Really, we're pretty much pretty easy to find. It's uh, real comic heroes pretty much everywhere. Uh, Real Art. spelled with two E's. Gotcha. And that's how you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere. So Real comic heroes. Well, we were definitely going to check that out. Mm-hmm. And our we recommend first that all our six, listeners do too. Okay, yeah. Our first six episodes were audio commentary because we thought that's how we would want to do the show and <laughs> found out that it was really hard and, you know, you can't edit once you hit play. So it is sounds, really hard. That sounds so, vaguely familiar. Yeah, super. So we switched. Who, who yeah, we switched that was a good to, idea. It's, it's entirely possible that, that some of us also did that for a while. 
Hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, but cool. So we'll, we're all going to go check out Real Comic Heroes. I want to ask our listeners to uh, make sure you head over to DuelingGenre.com and check out all the great podcasts over there. If you like what you hear, throw some money to the Patreon, become a supporter, a subscriber. You get some cool stuff. We'll talk a little bit more about that as the weeks go on. And uh, please, at TMNT Minute on Twitter, find us on Facebook. And uh, yeah, that's that's us. We're going to call it a day for Minute 41, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday, I guess. Right? Enjoy the rest of your Monday. All right. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, yeah, uh, Cowabunga! <laughs> oh, my God. Gabby <laughs> Goo.